This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Future Talk podcast. This is Future Talk. Future Talk. Future Talk with Omnial Saleh and Hani Balkis. Happy Wednesday, everyone. I hope you're all having a blessed afternoon, enjoying the weather outside, and you're listening to Future Talk right here on Pulse95. This is the one and only place where we give you a quick roundup of everything that is happening in the tech world, in the UAE, and around the world. Yes, indeed. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We're very excited today because we're going to be talking about Women's Day and how a Pakistan activist, Mala, partners with Apple to produce some shows Ladies and gentlemen, I feel like today has so much good vibes. Well, because tomorrow is finally Thursday. <laughs> I definitely agree with you on that one. It's been a long week. But coming up on the show as well, we're talking all about users now being able to share their Insta Reels on Facebook. So if you're an avid user of Facebook, you'll definitely be happy to hear this news. Yes, and ladies and gentlemen, we have a live interview with Mike Dawson, who is... The founder of Ustad Mobile Application. We always talk about digital equality and being able to provide all students, wherever they are, with the ability to get the education they need. But students living in third world countries or underdeveloped countries don't necessarily have the same advantage. And even though we can buy them gadgets, sometimes this is not the way to go. So this inventor actually created a new mobile application that is helping provide all these children with access to education content without having to be online through Wi-Fi. And they can also access teachers without having to have access online as well. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we have a packed show in store for you guys. So keep Pulse95 locked because we're going to be right back. Pulse95. Daily digital news. Bits and bytes connect our world. Ladies and gentlemen, if you thought we were done with Women's Day, well, you're wrong because a lot of things were happening in the tech world when it does come to women because we are big advocates of women in tech and a Pakistan activist has partnered with Apple to produce some shows. Now, Nobel Peace Prize winner Malala Yousafzai is expanding her partnership with Apple to produce dramas, children's series, animation, and even documentaries that will air on the tech giant streaming service. Malala, who is 23, year old, 23 years old, has her new production company, Extra Curricular, that is joining Apple TV+. And it's actually growing quite massively um they have a lot of content creators including all permanent free steven spielberg will smith as well as octavia spencer and jennifer aniston friends hmm? friends friends yes. jennifer aniston from friends <laughs> yes was it from friends Wait. it is yeah it is okay from friends, from friends yeah. yes i mean how can you make a mistake with that no because i was getting mistaken with my lacunas oh. from uh, that 70s show <laughs> You don't know that 70s show? No. Oh, it's a very nice no. show with Ashton Kutcher. Oh, okay. Yeah, Ashton Kutcher, you know him. Myla Kunis, you don't know him. But ladies and gentlemen, Apple has produced a documentary about Malala all the way back in 2015 and even teamed up with her Malala Fund in 2018 to promote secondary education to girls across the globe. Yes, indeed. Now, we are definitely looking at a big, big collaboration between Malala between Malala and Apple. 
<laughs> What's going on today? I, I don't know. I think the vibe is just really fun. We're really we, excited for tomorrow, which uh, is Thursday. Exactly. And also, honestly, to, to see such a big figure collaborating with Apple and helping young people and young girls see a role model right in front of them will definitely help inspire a lot of people to enter the tech world. Yes. Now, in 2014, she did become the youngest ever Nobel Peace Prize at the age of 17. And in 2018, she did launch Assembly, which is a digital publication for girls and young women, which is also available on Apple News. And mashallah, she even graduated from Oxford University in June. So this woman right here is doing a lot of big things for the woman in Pakistan and representing women across the globe. Absolutely. And on the 110th anniversary of International Women's Day, Madala did say that women around the world should take a why are we laughing today? So, around the world, Malala did say that women should be taking a pause. To <laughs> this is going downhill, honestly. But looking at it, I mean, especially because we do see Malala doing great things when it comes to the tech world. So, <laughs> we're excited to see what this story is going to hold for <laughs> around the world. We're going to be taking a short break, but when we come back, we're talking all about users sharing their Insta Reels on Facebook. You're listening to Pulse95. Daily digital news. Bits and bytes connect our world. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about Facebook and how now some users can share their Insta Reels on Facebook. Now, we do know that Facebook does own Instagram. Mm -hmm. And on Monday, it was testing a feature on Instagram that will allow some content creators in India to share short video clips known as Reels on their Facebook accounts. Now, I do know why Facebook is targeting India because India played a big role in making TikTok as big as it is today. If you remember those very funny TikTok videos and they kind of made it as a Bollywood movie. Yes. <laughs> and and I do believe India made a big, big, big impact on TikTok and what it is today. Yes, indeed. And Facebook is being smart and using that exact same strategy to be able to accomplish that. So users can now create 30 second long reels on Instagram and they'll have the option of having those recommended on Facebook as well. So the social media giant did say that they're going to have their own versions of, of the reels feature on their main app pretty soon but until then any instagram creator can go ahead and have their reels also recommend recommended on feature on facebook yeah now if you don't know what instagram reels feature is it is the company's version of ByteDance's tiktok where users can record short mobile friendly videos and even add special effects and soundtracks which are pulled from a music library now i've been telling you guys day in and day out tiktok is coming for everyone's head and that's why instagram and even youtube are, are kind of trying to back themselves up and trying to have it at the same median with TikTok with uh, I believe YouTube has something called YouTube Shorts and yeah. now Instagram has its own type of TikTok which is its reels. Now it was launched close on the heels of TikTok's ban in India just June last year mm -hmm. after the Chinese app did create a craze among Indian users for short videos. Let's talk a little bit about reels because a lot of people tend to think that they're not going to be as popular as TikTok videos but in, in fact they are getting quite popular. A lot of influencers have been hopping on the bandwagon creating different reels and sharing them on Instagram as a way of getting people excited to view the content that they have especially if it's sponsored 
insert content. You are most probably going to find it being recorded mm-hmm. through a reel rather than, let's say, Instagram stories or even an Instagram post. But the, su- the success of TikTok has caused a lot of social media platforms to go ahead and add the short video services to their platforms. Just like we've seen Snapchat actually uh, yes. rolling out Spotlight last November. Yes, and by the way, some users in the UAE are getting music now on TikTok. Can you believe it or Ooh. not? You know the music fi- feature on TikTok uh, on uh, Instagram yes. how sometimes it would say not available mm-hmm. in your region. Now I see some users having that option to have music played on Instagram stories. Believe it or not, I find it working for me sometimes and other times it just doesn't work anymore. So it's interesting to see how we are getting those features just a little bit later than what people are getting in the US or even yeah. UK, Australia, etc. Yeah, I do believe there's a lot of regulations when it does come to music because of copyright reasons. But let us know your guys' thoughts, 4215. We're going to be taking a short break, but when we come back, we have a live interview with Mike Dawson. Apps all around. What's worth a click and download? Whenever we talk about different applications, we see them, whether it was games or whether it was educational content, they mainly aim to help entertain students, entertain parents, but also try to bring awareness to different issues that we have out there in society. And while we're trying to help, you know, use technology to aid education, especially for students that don't necessarily have access to it by providing them with laptops, mobile phones, this may not always be the best move to go since no matter how many laptops you give out, you may not be able to give access to education to as big amount of students as possible. But what if we can create one application that can help provide students with content that they can access without necessarily needing, you know, all these flashy gadgets, flashy laptops, but also without necessarily needing access to the internet or Wi-Fi. This is exactly why we have with us today in the Pulse95 studios, the founder of Ustad mobile application, Mike Dawson. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. Yes, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure having you, but let's get right into it, Mike. Now, we do know that 59% of the people in low-income countries actually don't have access to the internet, but how can we make digital content more accessible without needing internet access? So there's two sides to it. There's a technology side that when we make um, you know, digital systems for an education, we need to think about how that can work offline. Yes. And our internet is not like a binary thing. You know, sometimes you're around and like the signal just isn't working and it's buffering and it's stuck. You know, how is that if this is your time to do yes. your homework? Yes. Um, you know, what about when you have more than one kid at home and, you know, there's five kids and, you know, two phones, you know, what kind of fight is that going to lead <laughs> to? I'm sure a lot of people have experienced that. So um, it's really on a technology side to make stuff that works offline, which is what we try to do as a software company. And we make that accessible as an open source app. And we develop that here in the UAE. And also on a non-technology side, you know, how do you think about um, when you're setting an assignment, you know, on an education system level, like, how do you think about, you know, making sure that it doesn't exclude people mm-hmm. by time constraints, mm-hmm. by, you know, um, by devi- only working on Apple devices mm-hmm. and stuff like that? Absolutely. Now, yeah. Now, I thought I think this was actually brought into light more because of the COVID-19 pandemic and how most of the countries around the world resulted into doing online learning. Almost every country. Yes. And it wasn't only in low and middle income countries that mm-hmm. we saw problems. We saw 
Back in the UK, 25% of kids didn't do a single assignment for a whole week. Wow. Oh, God. <laughs> so the idea that this is just a, a, the equity issues in education technology are simply something that are over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just not true. It's mm-hmm. everywhere. It's certainly worse in low and middle income countries in a lo- in many ways yeah. but it's not just like an us and them kind of thing it's i think the problem is a global problem that uh low income high income uh families do suffer from but again just like you said lower income families do have it the worst yes indeed and whenever we're looking at the Ustad mobile app the application actually won many competitions to provide millions of children that are not online <clears throat> in Afghanistan, Jordan, and Kenya who have limited access to the internet with a, a bil- an ability to basically access digital content. Mm-hmm. So can you talk to us a little bit about the application itself? How can it give them content without necessarily using the internet? Sure. Well, hopefully it'll be millions soon. We haven't <laughs> yes. quite hit that yet, but hopefully real soon. So how it works, it works in two ways. So um, one way is like the normal way that, you know, you ha- don't have internet normally, but you mm-hmm. connect, you have Wi-Fi at home or in a public space, you download, you use it offline, then the app, you know, saves everything you do offline. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. when you get back online, it will sync and it will send your progress to your teachers. Yes. Mm-hmm. What we have that's kind of unique is we have this offline peer-to-peer feature so that mm. phones can talk to each other mm. so that, you know, if the teacher has something, um, then, you know, they can share it without internet with, you know, other teachers, with students. So let's say you have a ratio of like one to 20, you're cutting mm. down the amount of bandwidth needed, 95%. Mm. Bandwidth costs money. Yes. And money is an in- big problem in yes. education systems True. many times. And it, is yeah. it based on Bluetooth technology? It's a combination of uh, Bluetooth and Wi-Fi Direct. Mm. So mm. we use Bluetooth for what we call like signaling purposes, like finding nearby phones, finding who has the content that that particular user wants. Once the, we've identified the two devices that want to exchange, we set up a Wi-Fi Direct connection. So that's like the same technology you use to like connect to like a you know Wi-Fi enabled TV or Wi-Fi enabled printer so we actually use it directly between phones to make a really mm. high speed connection between phones. Loving the energy from Mike Dawson. Ladies and gentlemen we're going to be taking a short break but we're not done from Mike just yet so keep Pulse 95 locked because we're going to be right back. You're listening to Pulse 95. Pulse 95. Pulse 95. Apps all around. What's worth a click and download. When used effectively, technology can greatly contribute to creating more equity in schools. But how can educators or teachers ensure that technology-rich learning experience are not only being restricted to the most privileged students? How can we maximize the reach of educational content to all students? Well, there is one application that is helping make that become a reality. And the founder of this app, Ustad Mobile Application, Mike Dawson, is joining us today to tell us all about it. Thank you so much, Mike, for joining us once again. Thanks again for having me. So, Mike, whenever we're looking at statistics, more specifically from the United Nations, uh, the United Nations Global Broadband Commission goal is actually for the world to be able to afford one gigabyte of Internet by the year 2025. And even though it does seem like a great goal goal to have, if we are looking at it realistically, this would only be enough for a few hours of content. How does the application you're working on change that statistic? Yeah, well, it really would be very limited. And, you know, Internet access is not just a binary thing. You know, you have your data limits, you have your speed, you have your time that it's off and on. So what our app does is it does two things. First of all, we try to shrink the content as much as we can. So we try to make sure that we, 
you know, shrink the size of videos, we shrink the size of ebooks, we shrink everything to the absolute minimum. Normally in our app, it's like two, three times smaller than you would expect in most other comparable mm -hmm. apps. Um, and then the other thing, uh, like we mentioned before, is we have that offline download sharing so that, you know, you don't need access at that time. You can download it, you know, maybe if you're in a public space with Wi-Fi mm -hmm. or you can also, you know, share it from one phone to another phone. So, you know, if your friend has it, you don't have to download it. You and can just get it from that phone. How much content can they actually download? Well, it's really just up to how much space is on the phone. Mm -hmm. So uh, most Android phones have a slot for a memory card and you can get like, what, a 64 gigabyte card for, you know, five to ten dollars. I yeah. think about right now. So, and our app is built to support that. You know, a lot of apps don't give you the option to save to your memory card and then you wind up running out of space. Mm. About, according to Google, one third of users in India were running out of space on a daily basis when they came to the Play Store. Wow. You know, we're saying, okay, you want to download this app, you have to uninstall something else. Mm. <laughs> so our app is built in to support saving content to a memory card to make space management easier for those with limited space. I think that is amazing. And also with downloading offline content, I mean, we've reached the day and age where I can download movies on Netflix and watch them online. Why can't yeah. we use the same uh, perspective when it does come to education? Now, Mike, how can teachers actually track students' progress without the student having access to the internet or offline. So the uh, student progress tracking is actually a little bit what makes some of this more complicated <laughs> than Netflix because, you know, with Netflix, you're just watching. You know, there's one file, you watch it, and Carlos, that's it. Yeah, I like there Carlos. We go. Carlos. Sorry. Um, <laughs> good. Token, token um, language usage. Am well, I bad? you're in the UAE, so well, it definitely fits. Okay, people work. Uh, so um, how you can... Uh, how do you say? I'm almost lost track of where I am. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or with the Netflix. Well, and, uh, with the Netflix, yes. right? So, um, so Netflix, you're just watching something. Yes. Yeah. It's just like a straight line. Whereas with education content, you answer a question. You need back feedback. It's back and forth. It's like if you get something wrong, then maybe we need to take you something somewhere else yeah. to help you understand that topic. So it's a little more complicated. So what we actually do is we have like a database sync system where there's a database inside the phone that is being, you know, managed by the app. Mm -hmm. And then whenever you get internet access, that database will automatically sync with the server. So you can, you know, pretty much seamlessly just go through your content day to day, fill in it, fill it in, do your homework. And then, you know, when you get internet access, it will sync. You can get on with your work, even if the connectivity is unreliable. And, and it will automatically sync. It's no actually user input that says sync now. No, and that's actually one of the neat things we've done because of this, uh, you know, this issue. Um, so we have like a listener, so it will sync within five minutes. So mm -hmm. one of the things that happens with mobile apps is, you mm. know, you never really close a mobile app. Yes. yes. <laughs> right? But the app is actually closing in the background. You just don't realize it. Mm. So we actually, in the technical backend, we have to make sure that we tell the system, hey, we've got something we need to sync. Let me know when you have connectivity access again. Nice. Because otherwise, you know, people will forget it and then the teacher won't get the assignment. Yes. Oh, that is such an intelligent way of thinking about it. I mean, I think you've covered all borders on how to... Uh, so Secure te access. So a teacher, as a student can say, well, teacher, I didn't sync my homework. <laughs> Just like the old saying, my cat or my dog ate my homework. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, I mean, technology introduces many new excuses, I guess. True, <laughs> exactly. And especially, you know, 
thinking about what you were saying, Hania and Mike. Uh, you know, back in the day when there was a snowstorm, kids don't go to school. But now with online learning, they don't have an excuse. They will still go to school, even if the weather conditions are bad. And talking about the types of phones that students mm-hmm. have or parents have and they give to their kids. A lot of people tend to think, you know, in today's day and age, we're in 2021. Everyone has a smartphone. But the reality is a little bit different. Smartphone adoption rates are not as high as we think they are. So how can applications help overcome this barrier when it comes to providing educational content to students? Yeah, so there's two sides to that, Ron. One thing is like, is a smartphone a smartphone? Not all smartphones are created equal, uh, especially on Android. And Android is the vast majority of phones in low and middle income countries, you know. So um, on Android, you're, you know, you've got devices that retail for like, you know, three, four thousand dirhams and devices that are like 150 dirhams. And, you know, a lot of app developers aren't doing enough testing on the 100, 150 dirham phone. (laughs) And then, you know, it's really slow. And the thing is, app developers, we have to really push ourselves to work with less less memory, less processing power. And, you know, that person with the $3,000 phone, is he or she going to say, hey, this stupid app loaded too fast. <laughs> no. This stupid app isn't <laughs> using enough space. <laughs> Nobody yes. ever complained about that. So we really have to work on the lowest common denominator. The really exciting thing we're going to is even non-smartphone. So there's a platform called KaiOS. It's really exciting. It powers the geophone in India. Um, it's available on phones that are just 11 US dollars. So that's wow. like, what, 38, 40 something yeah. dirhams, yeah? And those phones, we can actually, you know, they're not touchscreen, but they can run the app. Uh, we do think we'll have that in the next four to six weeks. So we think that will be a big step in the right direction. And a lot of parents, you know, they have more kids than phones. Yes. And they can't afford to just buy another smartphone. But if we can get something that's, you know, usable at $11, you know, 40 dirhams, we think that could help increase access. Yeah, 100%. I mean, smartphones are pricey, and I think you've covered that with that $11 phone. And again, you don't need the fancy thing, touch exactly. screen and camera. You just need something that is going to get the job done. And that's what we're seeing you're doing right here. Absolutely. We also want to ask you a little bit about it. people, as you've mentioned, they tend to use cheaper phones, and those cheaper phones don't necessarily work with certain applications. But also, looking at people of determination, they mm. may not be able to access uh, these apps or they're not as people of determination friendly as we think they are Mm -hmm. so how are you planning to also overcome this challenge yeah so that's something we're working on really hard right now because it's really really important Um, so it's like things that you know for example you see an app and it's got an icon on it like a pencil right so if you have a visual impairment how do you know what that is well you have to use a screen reader but for the app developer has to make sure that the the app has got the name of the icon so mm. that when the phone is reading it back to the person who can't see it properly, it knows what to say for that visual clue, whether it's a pencil icon for edit or the play button or whatever it is. All of these things need words associated with them. Mm-hmm. So um, that's what we're trying to do to make sure that the app is as friendly as possible for you know, users of determination. Uh, we're supporting subtitles, of course, yes. for um, you know people with uh, hearing impairments to try and make it as accessible as possible. Absolutely, big plans are coming up. Yes, big plans. I think I think you're hitting all all targets when it does come to the app and how uh, the app can be easily accessible to people in low income families and people, unfortunately, uh, who have maybe uh, hearing impairments and can't hear properly or people of determination. 100%. Coming up on the show, we're going to be talking all about the inspiration behind this application. And Mike Dawson has a very interesting story to share about that. Also, what are 
are some of the future plans that we have in store for this application. If you have any questions for Mike Dawson, the founder of USAD mobile app, make sure you share them with us at 4215 Dorit Tisalat or sign into our DMs at Paul95 Radio. Keep Paul95 locked. We'll be right back. all around. What's worth a click and download? Although technology is currently being used in different classrooms everywhere around the world, especially with the COVID-19 pandemic, if you thought that the full potential of using technology in classrooms has been explored, you might be a little bit wrong. But whenever we're looking at educators or teachers implementing this technology, the biggest question would be how can you make it equal? How can you make sure that not just the most privileged students who have the gadgets, who have all the fancy equipment, may be able to access all this content? Yes. One app is changing that reality, USAD Mobile, and we have with us on the show the founder of this application, Mike Dawson, who's been telling us all about how much content they can act, students can actually download through the application without needing internet. It's been such a great conversation with you, Mike. Thanks again for having me. Yes, Mike, we actually we enjoy you so much on the show. It's a pleasure having you here. But obviously, with this initiative, with this creation of the app, there also has to be an inspiration on why you did it. So what inspired you with this initiative? Well, to try and make a you know pretty long story as short <laughs> as possible, uh, when I was in university, I made a little bit of a typing mistake with an application for an internship. Yeah. And in summer 2005, I went to Afghanistan uh, because of that, because all the, quote, normal internships were taken. So I went to <laughs> Afghanistan and I found it, you know, it was pretty exciting. It was a really interesting place. It, you know, it was very hospitable. Um, so I actually came back and then I was there for seven years in that course. I was involved in a few education technology programs. Uh, at the time, they were mostly using laptops and tablets. And what I saw was this is all really cool, but it's all really too expensive. Yes. Yeah. Because, you know, if in Afghanistan, you're talking about a school budget of a hundred and something dollars per child per year. And that has to pay the teacher salary, <laughs> the wow. school buildings, the air conditioning, the heating, or air conditioning if there is more likely fans. Um, you know, ministry bureaucracy, payroll systems, et cetera, et cetera. So how can you afford, you know, something that's going to cost a hundred bucks per kid per year? That's effectively doubling the education mm-hmm. budget. You know, do you want to pay teachers less? Yes. I don't think so. No, um, <laughs> let's not go there. Let's not yeah. do that. Because they're already being underpaid. They're already being <laughs> underpaid and they already have a very difficult job. Yeah. So I was thinking, okay, you know, we have to try and make this work on the devices that people already have. You know, the, the costs have to come down 95, 98%. And that was what got us started with saying, okay, you know, let's try and get this working, not just on phones, Mm -hmm. but get it working on phones without requiring internet, without requiring the latest phone to try and make education technology as equitable as possible. Um, I think the, the, it was really in front of me all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we all get a lot of ideas. You know, how many times have you been sitting somewhere and think, I want an app for that. <laughs> yes. you know, I want an app for this. So, you know, won't an app, you know, deliver me, you know, tissues when I need them? Yeah. Like, where, where is Uber for tissues? Um, and it was more like, okay, we get a lot of ideas, but that was the one that I was like, okay, this is what I should really work on. And Act not just upon. me, like, this is what we should, you know, focus on mm-hmm. and you know I also appreciate I have a really great team that yes. works with me in a company in Dubai yes well we thank you and appreciate you and commend you 
for your hard work and bringing these type of topics to light because unfortunately a lot of people don't know what's going on in these low-income families when it does come to education and internet. Absolutely. And just like you mentioned, Mike, a lot of people get ideas, but only a few bring them to life and work on them physically and practically. Mike Dawson, founder of USTED Mobile Application, it's been such an honor having you with us today on Future Talk. Thank you. The pleasure is mine. Thank you so much. But ladies and gentlemen, this does conclude our show for today. We have the halftime show, the only place to be at three with Omar Dori coming up in T minus three minutes. So keep Pulse 95 locked for the halftime show with Omar Dori. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 2 p.m.